painting to photography, from beadwork to woodworking. KQAL-FM on the campus of Winona State University presents Artbeat. Artbeat highlights the work and accomplishments of local artists from in and around Winona. Support for Artbeat is made possible by the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Poems were written, submitted, read, and even etched into concrete. Today on Artbeat, we get a taste of the 2021 Winona Poetry Walk. A reception for the Poetry Walk was held at Peter's Beer Garden in downtown Winona, and we were there to capture some readings by some of the poets, as well as some of their thoughts on poetry in general. Roses are red, violets are blue. Stick around as we bring some poetry to you, today on Artbeat. poetry will now be featured in your downtown area and I offer my thanks to the Arts Commission and to all of you for coming out. These ways we practice Minobama does he win. Beneath deepest summer skies we swim among Anishinaabe star stories. Here sing to night wanderers. We tame the two thin needles that hunger, thread them lavishly with colored seed beads, counting and layering. Here too, we study the palest sketches of beauty, trace each toe of animal tracks, touch watermarks on ancient ledge rock, watch pollen color June lakes golden, then sepia, whisper to each helicopter seed pod that lifts on Minnesota winds. This good path becomes a tune we hum beneath days, steady as the chest's drumbeat, clear as that oldest language, yes, of belonging, migrants. Next up, we have Jerome Christensen. Botany 101. For an hour, I sat beside a plant. It soaked up photons, spit out oxygen, all so indifferent to my watching. Uh, Jerome Christensen, and that was uh, Botany 101. Okay, fantastic. Um, first off, uh, do you think did poetry choose you, or did you choose poetry? How did you get into it? Um, it's just part of the world. <laughs> um, uh, you know, I don't think that... I think that, uh, you know, we all get scared off by Miss Grundy in third grade when we've got to memorize something that's really awful. 
and then uh, and then we're introduced to Bill Shakespeare, and if we can't do as well as uh, as he did, well, then we're no good. So, um, and it's just when you realize that you're no good, it's fun. Ah, where you go, right, right. How about um, you know a lot of people will say things like. Oh, I'm, I wish I was creative, you know. Some people are born with it. I'm not. Like, what do you say to that? A uh, bull. <laughs> um, okay, you can edit that out. But uh, <laughs> no, everybody tells stories. Everybody, uh, everybody writes notes. Everybody has ideas. I mean, we. You look around here. Everybody's yakking away. If you uh, if you have stick a microphone in front of them, you're going to get down what they're what they're yakking. Transcribe that into words. Put it on paper. You've got writing. You've got a poem. Clean it up a little bit. That's what an editor's for. You're in business. Everybody does it. Everybody does it. In your opinion, what makes a great poem? Um, a great poem. That's going to be different for everybody. It's what it's what it's whatever grabs you by the ears and uh, grabs you by the heart, grabs you by the stomach, uh, makes you go, huh? And yeah, I mean, you know, some people. It's exactly what anybody likes, and what moves you. It's uh, there is no such no objective standard, as far as I'm concerned. It's not really like a competition where there's stats, right? Well, some people like to try to make it that, and some, you know, and and you go to, you know, you go to college, and somebody's going to put a grade on it, and yeah. um, and that's about as meaningless as anything. But right. yeah, I, I, yeah, I, the, poem is it's an entirely personal thing. Everybody's got their own personal mantra or whatever that they recite and think of, and right. yeah. It's art, right? You know, uh, it's art. It's life. It's life. It's go. life. It's expression. Yeah, it's what we do. Thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> Next, we have a poem by Nancy K. Peterson, being read by Carol Borzakowski. Sky defines flat land, except in cornfields, where towering stocks guzzle water and leave cracked water cement earth. Wave your way out between cutting edge leaves, snapping thistles, snagging, stumbling stones to return to safe prairie. Only sky surrounds you. Marcy Ratliff. Thank you, Carrie. Um, so this poem, as I was writing it, I was thinking of what I would want to see on the sidewalk in front of my feet. Um, and really grounding into the place, like where we are in Winona and where the poem was gonna be in downtown. So this poem involves a couple of directions. Maybe you can kind of imagine them as I read. It's morning in Winona, and somewhere 
east of here, a baker drops a donut into hot lard. That way. <laughs> and somewhere west of here, an eagle dips over the spillway, looking for breakfast. And here you are, right here, bravely moving into the day. Thank you. My name is Marcia Ratliff, and my poem doesn't have a title. Okay, that seems pretty common uh, for this event. You know, a lot of the poems didn't have titles, or they were excerpts from a poem. Um, so, uh, first off, did you choose poetry, or did poetry choose you? How did you get into uh, writing poetry? I like the way you phrase that question. Um, I think it probably chose me. I have always loved writing since I was a kid, and then in college I got into poetry writing and ended up majoring in English writing. So I spent quite a bit of time in poetry classes, and my senior year I did an independent study of poetry as well. Nice, nice. So just kind of gradually kind of gravitated towards it. Nice. Um, also, uh, you know, a lot of times people will say things, you know, like, I'm not creative. I wish I was, you know, you're either born with it or you're not, you know, things along those lines. Like, what do you say to that kind of stuff? I take a more open view of human consciousness. I think we're all capable of so much more than we give ourselves credit for. Um, so I think everyone's creative. I think we all have something to share with the world in that regard. Um, and sometimes it's just a matter of finding a medium or a vehicle that makes sense for you. Something that fits, right? Mm -hmm. um, so this is kind of a big question. Um, what makes a great poem? Ooh, that's another fun one. Um, I think what makes a great poem is something that uh, it just makes you, or makes me, I guess. I'll talk about my experience with the poem. It makes me sigh when I finished reading it. It's like, ah. Uh, or it makes me set it down because it was so powerful. Um, sometimes people talk about it blowing the top of your head off. Sometimes there's the light bulb moment in a poem. And you, you read a line or you imagine some image from what's in the poem and it changes your perspective. Um, so that's what I love to find in a poem. It's like finding a piece of treasure. Right, right. So it's not really nuts and bolts. It's more like, you know, if it makes you think or pause or feel. Or... Exactly. Okay, nice. When you're writing a poem, um, how does the inspiration come? Is it like all at once and bam, you write the poem out? Or is it like line by line, like, and then it, you marinate it for days or weeks or whatever? Like, how, how does that work for you? I try to create the conditions in my life where um, creative time and poems will come to me. So I try to set aside time where I'm thinking, uh, daydreaming, staring off into space, sitting in a park. Um, so those kind of moments, those quiet moments are when my brain kind of comes up with something fun. So I try to make space for that. Um, I think for this poem in particular, I was thinking quite a bit about the, the place where it was going to be in the cement uh, and imagining what sort of thing would fit for that place. So sometimes I'll follow a thread or a theme of something I want a poem to produce, but more often I'll start with something that I've seen or experienced that day that inspires kind of just to start. Right, right. Well, that's interesting. So you guys knew exactly where they were going to be placed. Well, you didn't. 
but just uh, like general? We knew they were going to be in downtown okay. in Winona. Nice. Yes. <laughs> so, but that helped inform your writing then. I kind of like that. Like, like what kind of things did you think about that, that people might be thinking or feeling as they, you know, see your poem? Um, so my poem talks about sort of where Winona is in the river valley. Of course, it's sandwiched between bluffs and river and also in sort of the middle of the city. So to the east, you have Blado's Donuts and to the west, you have the spillway and the river continuing on. Um, so those kinds of things are kind of the bookends for the poem. And then it also has just a little bit of lightness, like... I often look down at my feet when I'm walking, a lot of us do, so to find something that's encouraging or beautiful right at your feet, I think, was the other thing I was going for. Right. Well, that's interesting, because, you know, your poem uh, had kind of roots in, like, place, you know, and uh, so that's kind of interesting that people in that place could see that poem, you know, and um, I'd be curious to find out... uh, like what the poem makes people feel, whether they are like from here or just visiting or have never been here, or that would be kind of interesting. Is there a way, like, um, I don't know, is there like a feedback channel for this where we, you know, people could write in and be like, oh, I saw your poem? I don't know. That would be super cool. Like, put a little QR code on a stick next to it. Um, yeah, but there's no way to know. And that's sort of the beauty of it, too, is it's something that's set out into the world, like a good music track. And it's you ultimately don't know what that collision is going to be like with other people's minds. Cool, cool. I think the unknown is fun, so that's I, I like that a lot. Um, what if, if you know, like I asked you before about people who think, you know, uh, creativity, you're just born with it or not, and I don't have it, I wish I did, things like that. Um, what advice would you give to someone who's like, you know what, I think I could do that and I'd like to get into it. Like, how would you advise them to, you know, get in their start? I think just start playing with words. Um, Sometimes I'll just look at a page and the first word that jumps out to me, I'll write that down and then turn to another page and find another word. And then as those words accumulate, your mind will start making connections and you might find your way, you might not. Sometimes just the, the play and the exercise of it is what gets me started. Yeah, well, and then you're working those connections too and those muscles, so to speak, you know, in your brain. Yeah. Um... Where can, is there a place, Are you, like, do you have your poems published, or is there a place online people can go and view more of your work? Yeah, I have a website called tornpaperpoems.com. Um, I started a project where I write little tiny poems on pieces of torn paper and take pictures of them and post them. Uh, so you can read my work there and find it on Instagram as well, at tornpaperpoems. Cool. That is fantastic. Thank you. Thanks so much, Bill. Next up, we have Michael William Doyle. This won't take long. It's 17 syllables. (laughs) (laughs) Buffalo, Mirage, the limestone bluffs get up and shake their shaggy manes. (laughs) Next we have Dan Eastman. Good day. Cast with grace and etched in silence, 
Each moment harbors an eternal glance as imagination encircles the world. Thank you. Um, my name is Dan Eastman, and it's an untitled poem. Did you choose poetry, or did poetry choose you? Is it, you know, how'd you uh, stumble into this? Well, I'm a visual artist, and over the decades, <laughs> excuse me, <laughs> the idea of titles become a metaphorical issue as well. And then you start collecting images and titles, and to a certain extent, they start melding after a while. I know quite a few visual artists who actually do poetry after um, a long journey of working on titles. The problem is words are not the same as visual, but metaphors aren't always in words, so it becomes entwined. Nice. I like that answer. Um, how about this? You know, a lot of people will say, like, I'm not creative and I wish I was. You know, some people are born with it. I'm just not. Like, what do you say to that kind of mentality? I say practice. You'll get better. And then um, in the last one, uh, what makes a great poem? Well, I think what makes a great poem is a great community, uh, meaning what makes any community work in any realm. It's what's shared, it's empathetic, it's um, a tendency to want to co contribute and share. Steve Shield. This is a poem written about, um, about my dear wife with um, one of our boys, I don't remember which. Um, and since this won't take long either, I want to say that the poem that I'm going to read um, is going to differ by one word from the poem that's in the sidewalk. I didn't know if the judges would like a gender-specific reference, um, but this is the poem. It's called Mother. Rhythm of rocker, wicker chair, Comforting creak on hardwood floor, bygone yawn of sleeping boy who need cry in the night no more. Sabrina, sh I told her I wouldn't butcher her last name, and here I go doing it. Sh Schlichting! Hooray! like to begin again and I let the falling rain envelop me I am free so beautiful so serene Neverland was a dream thank you next is Parker Forsell It's like we found the beginning again, lying there in the dew grass, two kids, 
out beyond themselves, making no excuses for what we'd become. Uh, Parker Forsell. I don't know that they were titled, but okay. but it's um, it, it's from a longer poem. It was just because because you could only have a certain amount of lines, okay. so it's actually the last stanza of a of a of a poem that's called First Love Again." Okay, okay, sounds good. Um, so, did you choose poetry, or did poetry choose you? How do you feel about that? Like how you got into it? I think it definitely chose me. I mean, the first poems that I ever wrote were for, in my junior, the summer of my junior year in high school, I fell for this girl from another high school, and we started going out that summer, and those were the first poems that I ever wrote. And um, I got to college and started out in business, but was always writing on the side and writing poems and things like that. And I ended up switching my major to creative writing and, and with an emphasis on poetry. Um, so that's kind of how I really, really got into it. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people will say things like, uh, I'm not creative, I wish I was. You know, some people are born with it, I just wasn't. Like, what do you say to that? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, you know, because I'm so involved with the music world, too. I, I mean, I think everybody can express themselves, and everybody's taste is different. So it, it's, it's kind of like, I don't know. I don't know how musicians do it, because for me, I've always been, like, hard for me to put it out there to people. And a long time ago, I did have a couple chapbooks of poetry that I put out, and it's been years actually since I was writing or ever like showed anybody my poems until just just during the pandemic there was so much isolation and quiet time that I all of a sudden started writing a lot again and so I have a lot of poems and you know I started the press with Eddie out of Driftless Books and so I've been publishing poets and kind of gathering my poems in a way thinking ah eh, someday I'm gonna do another book um, once once I feel like I have enough of them that I think are ready Nice, nice. Because sometimes it takes that, right? Something to like jar you into like, oh, oh, maybe, maybe. Right, right. You know? right. Yeah. yeah. Or, I mean, I think a lot of times, I don't know if it works this way for, I know it works this way for songwriters, and I, and I think it does for poets too. So, some line will just drop into your head, yeah. and that'll be the start. And you kind of have that line in your head, and maybe you're walking or something, and then you sit down or... A thing that, that I started doing that I never would have thought is that I, I write notes on my phone yeah. because it's always with me. And I, and, yeah. and I never used to think I would ever do anything technology right. like that, you know, yeah. always writing in a journal. And, yeah. and then all of a sudden I haven't had a journal for a long time because yeah. it's like, oh, your computer, you can just write it down on your computer. Yeah. But yeah, I started doing it on my phone and, and I've got tons of stuff in there now. And it's actually worked quite well because you can take something from in there and send it to yourself mm -hmm. and then you can easily put that into a word document or something so it's right. it's been an interesting modern exercise that my whole first my whole first career or whatever in poetry which was 20 years ago uh, it was before there was even a computer really I mean the computers had just kind of come out but no everyone hand wrote at that time everybody I knew that was a poet hand wrote you know they didn't they didn't maybe use the old typewriter right. kind of thing, but um, nobody was using a computer right. to type Something up poems. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. For sure. How about, um, you know, in your opinion, uh, what makes a great poem? 
Wow. I don't know. I mean, I think, like I said, everybody has their, their own taste. I've never liked rhyming stuff. And so I just, it just doesn't hit me right, rhyming stuff, or kind of like a lot of Shakespeare stuff is kind of rhyming, and I really stumble over that. So for me, I usually like poems that are a little more, a little more surreal or um, aren't like trying to hone themselves in on, on uh, rhyme or something like that. I do like haiku, which is kind of like forcing you into a, into a certain way, but because of the way that haiku makes you work, it ends up making you create something surreal. So I think that's kind of why, why I like it. And our last poet this evening is Lucas Stengel. With the cheering section. <laughs> I too lean towards 17 syllables. <laughs> MWMF haiku. Drums, guitars, vocals reverberate off brick walls. Downtown comes alive. Wonderful, thank you so much everybody. All of the poems that were selected for this year, you can find them on the maps. If you didn't get one, Lee, if you could raise and wave your hand, he'll be able to point you towards a map. Um, we'll also have that online. You should just be able to search for that online, and we'll have an electronic version available should you need it. Again, we want to thank everybody who submitted all of the poems that were chosen, all the poets who were chosen. Thank you so much for being here and for reading for us this evening. It's a joy to serve on the Fine Arts Commission, and I think my fellow commissioners share that sentiment. So we thank you all so much for coming this evening. Lee, anything else? Uh, a group photo oh. of all the poets. Poets, you're not allowed to leave yet. So please come up here once we give you one more round of applause, and we'll get a group photo. So thank you, everybody. Thanks to all the poets that participated in the Poetry Walk for reading and joining us today. Also, thanks to the Winona Fine Arts Commission for supporting the arts in our community. More information about the Winona Poetry Walk can be found at cityofwinona.com. For more conversations on art, tune into Artbeat Tuesdays at 1230 right here on 89.5 KQAL. I'm Bill Stoneberg, and we've been talking about the Winona Poetry Walk 2021 on Artbeat. Artbeat is written and produced by KQAL-FM on the campus of Winona State University. Visit us on the web at kqal.org.